Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. For the, I had a bad tournament for most of the tournament. Uh, yeah. But my team, so my team won its division in scratch bowling. So I took home 130 bucks for that. Uh, we missed... We missed the higher payout handicap okay. um, team score by two pins. Duh. So, yeah, and handicap. If you win, if you win with your handicap, it's a higher uh, right higher payout. For I don't under I don't completely understand the justification, but um, probably to make more people participate is my guess. Yeah, oh yeah, it is. It's it's because you can't. So you can only win one prize in each tournament. Okay. So like there's there's a handicap and a scratch in so you couldn't have won each both. tournament. No. And you get the higher payout right. uh, for whichever one you did. And for most of the for most of the tournament on the standings, it must have been a team that bowled uh the very last day that nipped us because we we had it um going into the last session on Sunday afternoon. And uh, like I said, we lost by two pins. So mm -hmm. congratulations to stars and stripes, you motherfuckers. Um, it. Is it, it's a difference of about a hundred bucks. Like yeah. it's like an 800 and some odd dollar payout for the handicap uh, prize fund. And it's, it was whatever uh, 130 times four is 520. I think something like that. So, and then um, I bowled doubles with a, a kid who's new to bowling. He's only like 22 years old or something. He's really good. Um, and I felt terrible because I bowled really, really bad, like really under my average. And the kid in one of the games, the kid shot a 276. He went, he went front nine before he lost his shot at a 300. And I shot a 147 that game. Ooh. So like I crippled is like our chance at doing anything in doubles. And then we got to singles and I shot a 600. I beat him scratch and took fourth and got paid out for fourth. So I took fourth in singles. There you go. And then I bowled again. Yes. Then I bowled again yesterday for our league night where we had our position round for the half. And then we had to do a roll off. Because we we won the first half and a different team won the second half, and so okay. you do a roll off to to determine the champion. Not like champions. most pins or anything. You actually have to do a roll, which I guess makes sense. And well, what's funny is it's just for the damn trophy. Like you, I don't think you get paid any more money or anything like that. Uh, but we won it for whatever it's worth. So if we get anything, we win that. And now my thumb is all tore the fuck up. I bet. Awesome. And I mean, how many games did you yo, bowl over that whole weekend? Uh, not as many as some people did. Uh, I'm at 13 in three days. 13 so games in three days. So That's over four So nine, nine, nine games 
Yeah, nine games for the tournament and then um, three games for league and then the one for the roll-off. That's a lot, man. So, bowling. and then I'm supposed to bowl again on Thursday, so we'll see how it goes. But I may not, I may not bowl on Thursday because my team won that league three weeks ago. So like, okay. it's literally bowling to like, bowl. hit my average, bowling to bowl, keep my average goal because I've never finished a season bowling with a 200 average, and I'm on, I'm at 200 on the nose, right now. So if you don't so, bowl, would that ne- would that negatively impact your average, or would you just stay at two hundred? No, no, because we've got four people on our roster, and so I could I could sit out and have him uh, bowl for me. Would that count towards your it's, average? Because it wouldn't count towards my average; it okay. count towards his average because he's a he's a sanctioned puller. So, but the competitor in me is like. Like, like it's, you know, average maintenance. Do I, do I really earn it? If I like, did I really earn it? If I don't pull that last week. Right. It's a 33 weeks season. You know, it's like sitting when you had, when you're leading the league in batting average and yeah, you know, only showing up live, to bowl, another guy does live to bowl another day. Well, summer league starts, in, starts on the 10th, man. Got to so start. See? I start that win- Wednesdays. Okay. Nice. So, yeah, there it you go. Doesn't mess with your podcasting world. Bowling, bowling is good. Bowling. No, well, honestly, we've been podcasting this whole time, so it uh, sure it doesn't even remind. Because in all honesty, there are some things I don't want to talk about, and I have a feeling things that I don't want to talk about are going to be a topic of the show. Because there's more things I don't, I don't want to talk about than things I want to talk about, to be perfectly honest with you. I just don't. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Like, you don't want to talk about Phil Brooks begging no, to get into a Monday Night Raw? I don't even want to bring him up. Like, it's so stupid. And he wants people to talk about it. That's why he did it. And I just don't care. Like, yeah. He looked like a freaking yeah, it, walking around the parking lot like... It's just, I don't, uh, it's, you know, there's a gift, there's an old gift that he, where he's yelling, pay attention to me to make fun of somebody. Yep. And that's oh, really that all he ever is. And it's, it's just, I don't want to, I don't want to pay attention to him. I'm done. Like I enjoy when I have enjoyed AEW and I haven't really watched it in the past few weeks. Um, I watched it the Phoenix and the few weeks after, and then really died off right before the revolution pay-per-view and haven't really tuned in since. And, and when I was on a longer stretch of watching, it was when the bucks and Kenny Omega weren't on the shows. Um, and they were yeah, really focused on that. the black bull combat club, which they still are now, but I just, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Like I just don't, there's just so much wrestling, so little time. It's it's you might as well just cut out an entire company. Like that's how I that's how I look. <laughs> no no no, we're gonna brand split an existing company. Yeah, the WWE. Yeah, we're gonna brand split the WWE. Brand, no no no, an existing. No, you're company. gonna brand split. You're gonna you're gonna brand, not gonna split, brand split. Brand split the U. I listened. I listened to your. I listened to the Miranda show. Did you believe it last week? I, I know. Look at that. I um, and I even said on that show they may not split. AEW like they may not do a draft or like like they may do a split week after week 
but I don't know that they'll have right. set brands. No, I, I just was, I was just trying to needle what I knew you didn't think was going to happen. So now watch them do a full, or at least don't want to. It didn't even occur to me, and we can talk about this a little bit, that the WWE draft was literally positioned the same weekend as the NFL draft. Like, completely did not register with me until today. So, Oh, look at that. I knew the WWE draft was this weekend. I knew the NFL draft was this weekend. But I just did not bridge those two together in any way, shape, or form. I'm sure the I'm time... Excited. Of- I'm excited for the NFL draft. Of course you are. Your your team well, your team doesn't have the number one pick, but what are they down to number nine? Is that what they traded out to? Well, it's it's not just that they traded down; they just got a bajillion picks. Like this year, next year, they just got picks to, picks for days. That's good though. So they're they're in that kind of position. Be fun. That's they're they're, they're yeah. Building. Well, and you know, and Aaron Rodgers is out of the division. Yeah, like, I you know, it's yep. just it's a, it's a good day to be an NFC North fan. It's true. No, I think it's good that Aaron. I, it, it does all shape up. I don't think your your Aaron Rodgers being out of the division is not going to lead to your Bears being division champions this year, anyway. No, in my I, opinion, I'm just but. tired of Aaron Rodgers being my football team's daddy. Like, yes, that's really what it is. Like, like I'm tired. Like, there there was a game a couple years ago where Aaron Rodgers let it come back victory over the Bears in Chicago and they caught him on camera yelling I own yep. you to oh, the fans. I know. And, and and as a Bears fan, I couldn't even be like no cuz he does. He he does own the Bears like. But then again, it's not really that big of an accomplishment. No, so, owning the Bears is not not that big of an accomplishment, but still a big accomplishment. So it's it's you know, still an accomplishment, I should say, not a big accomplishment. Still an accomplishment. Word. So, I mean, they didn't even make the playoffs this year, they being the Packers. So, they had to move on, too. And that trade, honestly, it was, to me, one of those rare trades where it seems like it was a win-win for everybody. So, good for them. Yeah, it does seem like it worked out, yeah. Good for them. I uh, I hope Aaron Rodgers doesn't continue to follow in Brett Favre's footsteps, end up with the Vikings, and then fleece welfare money out of kids in the state of California. But that's... Uh, Need to hear nor there, so, but so far he's on that track to follow to follow in Brett Favre's footsteps. But I don't know that he will. Anyway, let's let's either talk or don't talk about some wrestling. Wait, wait. Um, see, I use this program, the same program that we use for our show, uh, for for wrestling theme songs at a wrestling event, which I had this weekend. Yep. Highest okay. gro- highest grossing event ever in our history, by the way. So, Ooh, and, look at you. And honestly, pro- might have been the highest attended. I they didn't really keep track at the door of the walk up very well. Um, they, they did of the money, but not of the number of people. Like they weren't counting at first, and there was a ton, like this huge long line during the when when the general admission doors opened. So, I know we we basically essentially ran out of chairs. We had a few chairs in the back that we could have pulled out, but besides that. Um, we were all out of chairs, so yeah, but, but highest grossing, but we do use the foo bar for the theme songs during, during the wrestling event. So the volume was turned down, nice. which must've been what Josh who runs the music did at the end of the event. but now the volume is up so we can start the show. Oh, Peter! 
Hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. It's Patrick now. You straight punk bitch! I mean, you're just gonna replace me. Shut up! Ribbon Morales, the biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere! Why do I have to have a buzzer? You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome. We are. We are back. We are live. We are excited. We did not record this program last week, but we are back this week with another edition of the Greg DeMarco Show. My name is Greg DeMarco. His name is Patrick O'Dowd. He is the wrestling realist, which means you could take your punk ass on over to Twitter, log in. Probably don't have to sign in your browser. Probably if you even use the browser for Twitter, I do when I'm at work, but otherwise it's on the phone. Either way, go to that little search tool and, and, and type in there, W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You did not mishear. I did not misspeak. There is no I in wrestling, but there is one in realist. There is one in Patrick. So there is one in friend. For the best friend, for the wrestling realist, Patrick O'Dowd. Have we done a Twitter check recently? Like, are you still hovering? Oh, dude, the numbers, the numbers are way down. Numbers are way down. But are they? The yeah, we're we're in like the four sixty three range now. All right, like people. Patrick five hundred is people. Like oh, you're literally water. at four sixty three. I'm looking at it right now. Okay, listen, everybody. I just gave you the address. W r e s t l n g r e a l i s t. Go click the follow button. Get involved. Read about baseball. Read read about. Uh, you don't do too much politics. Politics tends to show up on your Facebook. So. You yeah, actually haven't true. tweeted much of anything recently. No, no it's been a busy. Out. It's been a busy few weeks. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't been on bandwagon herds for three straight weeks. It'll be. Uh, I'll be back. Which probably I don't know for the betterment of the show. I, I would say. Um, got some feelings, so. some thoughts. That I, that I gotta get out there. Yeah. No. I. Uh, are you gonna do? Are you gonna can. go on there and like? chastise them for things they've done over the past three weeks no not necessarily like well because i actually don't think the shows were bad oh um, no no the shows are still good but but sometimes um, there can be opinions and topics and everything that maybe well you you don't like here, here you'll find you'll find this funny uh the first episode they did without me that one got into like so i understand that the chairshot.com 
where we encourage you to always use your head. Pro this would be Easter, correct? The Easter episode shot. would be the first one you missed? Yes. Okay. I think that's the one that – it was either that one or the one after. I can't remember. One of them goes into a fairly lengthy, like, pro wrestling sports tangent that really didn't have anything to do with whatever it was they were the, the, the subject who was, was who was on that one can you tell that me was, i people? think it was tony i think it was tony ray and dave well that uh, explains it and and no no i'm not surprised by like how they got there uh but it was funny because so i'm listening to the show while the little o'dowd is, is like listening to me listen to the show because we're driving to you we're, listen we're a, to the show we're, we're in a car driving to, i think we're going to go see we're going to the movies because he had uh, he had his uh, April vacation, and so I'm driving along and listening to the show, and I'm like, "What are they talking? Why are they fuck? Why are they talking about this? Where are we going here?" And then all of a sudden, either Tunny or Dave is like, "Oh, Patrick's gonna get really mad about it," and then and the little O'Dowd from the back is like, "Do you see how they like said that you were gonna get mad about this part that you just got mad about?" And I was like, "Dude, sometimes they're right." Uh, what I think is funny is that they try to predict the parts of the show that I'm going to take umbrage with when I come back, when I go on these absences, like they're always trying to predict like what's going to trigger me. And they're about 30% on like they're, they're like a 300 hitter in baseball. So, okay. you know, that's hall of fame numbers. That's that's great. Numbers. But, uh, but they're, uh, they really miscalculated on, on, I won't say things that I was going to get upset about, but they, they definitely like Dave and I would talk a little bit offhand off air about stuff that they were going to talk about the show, particularly around Mandalorian. And as, as, as the game of telephone works, there was, you know, there was like, I gave my thoughts on the episode. And then when I listened to Dave and how Dave represented my feelings on the episode, it was like, he made it sound like I hated the episode. I was like, I don't know that I hated the episode, man. And so that got to do a little clarifying about there's a difference between like being mildly disappointed and not quite getting your playlist hit and and the, uh, and the episode being bad because like the Mandalorian didn't have a bad season. It wasn't like it was the book of Boba Fett bad. Like that was bad. This was just, uh, just didn't quite hit the way I thought it was. Did going they? To let me ask you this question. I'll, I'll ask this question sure. as a true bandwagoner. Although I guess I wouldn't be a true bandwagoner because I haven't watched season two or three of of The Mandalorian. But and this wow. is maybe more of an opinion. I know, right? I'm a human being that can actually admit that. Um, for years, I was like one of the few human beings that didn't like Chipotle. That has gone by the wayside as I now thoroughly enjoy the McDonald's of, of good food. But I, so the Mandalorian season three, here's my question to you. Did they make it because it made sense within the story or did they make it because they felt like they had to from a business perspective, maybe? Um, see, okay. It's a very Greg question. I know this is a very, this is a question I would ask. I know. Well, cause I'm going to, I'm going to answer, I'm going to answer this question in not quite in the way that I think you want me to answer it, but I think it's going to answer your question. Okay. I'm my down. biggest problem, my biggest problem with season three. Because before we go any further, because fuck wrestling, like just, let's just, let's just, let's just have some. Sure. Uh, 
so my biggest problem with the season with season three of the Mandalorian has to do with the JJ Abrams Star Wars trilogy that he put out. Okay. And and my big problem with that trilogy, and this all comes back to the Mandalorian, my big problem with that trilogy is that JJ Abrams put these things in place and in motion with no exposition as to how you got to where you, you were. So Star Wars episode seven, eight, and nine are part of this continuity that exists from one through six. Okay. And when you come into when you come into episode seven, there's this entity known as the First Order that's basically the Empire chasing off after a group of resistance fighters, which is basically the rebellion. Now, you know, I know all of this, right? Like I did see yes. 17. Okay. But, but so they have, have these things that like exist, but when you last left that universe had 30 years prior, there was a new Republic being formed. The emperor was dead. And then you get to the episode, you get to episode nine and magically JK, the emperor wasn't dead. Right. It was him all along. There's this fucking fake planet that nobody knew about that just suddenly is there and it's just it was a mess it was a mess it made no goddamn sense and i know people liked it i i I won't go into all that mandalorian season three and their the animated series the bad batch which is running at about the same time i felt like were good stories and they continue to tell the story of the mandalorian people but it felt in my opinion, handcuffed and shoehorned with or um, handcuffed by having to lay the foundation of things that then would make the sequel trilogy make sense. And so much like my big problem with the book of Boba Fett is that it's not about Boba Fett. It's about the man. It's the Mandalorian season 2.5 and, 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 and all that. Mandalorian season three spends about as much time trying to show how the first order came to be as it did telling the story of the Mandalorian people, which is really what season three turns into is, is it turns into the Mandalorians returning to their whole planet, trying to retake it and all of that. And it makes for a very uneven third season in my opinion. Okay. Was... And that's where I think, you know, you asked, you feel like they had to make it. I think they kind of felt like they had to do some work for to 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 kind of make some movies that didn't go so well right. make more sense. So, so it's not necessarily that they had to make it. They decided to use it for maybe the wrong purpose. They said, let's take our most popular I, I, Star Wars franchise right. now and let's use it. Because we know people are going to listen. We know people are going to talk about it. People are going to watch. So let's use it to do some other things. And then maybe if there's a season four, we'll get back to Mandalorian. Was Boba Fett a better season three for the Mandalorian? Or was Mandalorian season three a better season three for the Mandalorian? Oh, Mandalorian season three, hands down, no question. Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett is amongst the worst things I've ever seen. I just meant from a story perspective, what better served the purpose of season three? Because you said it was no, like season, season two. The Mandalorian. Okay. Yeah, because and the reason it's Mandalorian season two point five is because it basically about halfway through the season or the series goes into oh hey let's see what happened when Luke Skywalker took Grogu away and then Mando is like like 
fuck that show. Fuck that series. Fuck everything about it. It was terrible. It was dumb. It was ill-conceived. It did no justice to a character I think is overrated anyway. And you shouldn't watch it. And if you do watch it, you should be ashamed of yourself for watching it and say you like it. It was like some three-year-old's wet dream fantasy of what Star Wars would be like if they were running the show as opposed to telling a story. It just did not tell a good story. It was very incoherent, half-assed, and I hated it. All right. I, I, I dig it. This is, this, is, this is good content. This is better than talking about Phil. This is better than talking about... It's not better than talking about the new championship or the draft or some other things wrestling that we, that we can and probably will talk what? about. But it's still, again... This yeah. is this is where I this is my philosophy of podcasting, right? You know, okay. What 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 um what was the planet that Thor lived on? Asgard. Asgard's yes. not a planet, it's a people, right? Podcast isn't a topic, it's a people. That that's that's my right. long standing belief about podcasting. Kind of like in wrestling, they say, you know, wins and losses don't matter, right? Sometimes people even say the matches don't matter. Well, in podcasting to me, if you are truly good at what you do, and I believe we are, the topics don't matter. What matters are the people. So we are Asgard of the podcast. I, I've, I've literally, I got I all, these, all these good podcast names today. We are Asgard of a podcast. I think I'm going to stick with Because Fuck Wrestling as the name of the podcast this week. But Because um, Fuck Wrestling. Can I, can I ask a wrestling-related question? No. Well, okay, not yet. All right, because we're already 25 okay. minutes in the program. So let's. Oh, yeah, pay some bills. Well, well, we've told everybody to follow you on social media. You can follow me at Greg DeMarco44. You can follow the chairshot.com at chairshot media. You can visit the chairshot.com for wrestling, for entertainment. It's sports, it's entertainment, it's sports entertainment. It's all there for you at the chairshot.com. The chairshot.com. Always use your. Head. It's also the home of the Chairshot Radio Network, where you can listen to great shows like Bandwagon Nerds, like the Hashtag Miranda Show. Both have already been referenced on this program today. And a plethora of other great shows to satisfy your listening needs all throughout the week. Part of the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. If you're listening at said chairshot.com, that's great. We appreciate it. Thechairshot.com. And we love you for it. The show is also available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, and so many more. So whatever you listen on, go ahead and like, subscribe, leave us that five-star review. Tell a friend that we didn't even talk about wrestling. We, we will. We'll talk mostly about wrestling, to be purely honest with you. On this year wrestling program, we appreciate that. And go on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up a t-shirt. Look, we talk at length about the t-shirts every single week. You know what they are. You know where they are. You know they are great. You know they support what we do. So I will just tell you to go buy one at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. We are recording this program, by the way, on Tuesday night, April 25th, 2023. You will listen on Wednesday, April 26th. 2023, which means in a couple of days, Patrick O'Dowd. It's gonna, it's gonna be May. It's gonna be May. All right, Patrick O'Dowd, I do want to talk some wrestling. Before I dive into my topic, you have a wrestling-related question. Maybe you're going where I want to go anyway, so I'm just going to hop in with you and catch a ride. Let's talk about it. Cody Rhodes, what do you want to talk about? I was actually okay with that opening to his promo this week, by the way. Fair. I feel like he listened to the program, heard that we hated it, and now he does it with a different sense of of. He's gonna yeah, he's to gonna it. do it with a sense of irony. He's, I gonna, like he's it. gonna make it cool. Okay. Um, it's really just a question because I I really just want to hear you respond to this. In the Greg way that I know you're going to respond. And respond, to this. I shall. Why are people pissy about a new title being quote the consolation prize? Ah, uh, this is just so stupid. And I'm assuming this is how you wanted me to answer this, but I'm going to answer it my own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, answer it's, it honestly. Oh, I am. I, I'm not. The days of the days of playing a character on air long gone. Oh, there's no point right. to it. Um, I think I and maybe it was the way it was presented. I don't know. There was a lot of people who wanted them to split the titles, and they don't view this as splitting the titles. They view this as just creating another title. And when it was first presented to me online, it was presented as. Once the brand split or once the draft happens, Roman will be on his brand as the WWE champion and the world heavyweight champion will be crowned on the other brand, which I presume will be raw. And, and, and to me in my head, I was like, so they're splitting them up and they're repurposing the universal as the world heavyweight championship because triple H hates it. But no, Roman's going to keep both titles when he goes over and he won't, he'll have a new belt as well, whether it's a new belt or whether it's just the black version of the two belts that he has now, who the hell knows? But I thoroughly believe that Roman will not be carrying two championship belts around for for very long once this draft happens this weekend or, or maybe after his next defense, even if that's in Saudi Arabia. I don't know since now it's where we're crowning the champion. I don't know. But people are mad because A, it's a new belt design and that is always met with you know, a, a very polarizing response from the internet. So there's that aspect of it. And if you don't like the belt design, then you're going to associate everything that goes along with this, with how you feel about the belt design, right? Oftentimes in this program, because we are educated human beings who've lived damn near full lives. We look at things from the human brain aspect of it far too often, but that's really the best way to look at things anyway, because whether or not we like to claim they do, all of these idiots have brains that function as human brains. And 
And so the, there's yeah. a reason why they feel this way. Um, if they were empty headed, they wouldn't feel any way at all. But to me, they, it's just, it's, it's, it could be any number of things. I think there are a lot of negative feelings that are coming from very different places and different reasons. Some of them is the typical playlist mentality, which we've talked about ad nauseum on these programs before. It's not how WWE did it. Some of it is in the presentation. Triple H did kind of present it. It could be skewed as a consolation prize in the way that it was presented because Roman has beat everybody because Roman is is taking a reduced schedule, which I want to talk about. Um, and, And so it was presented as such. But there were some good things in it that I think are lost in in the shuffle, in the minutia, in the weeds, so to speak. But um, so people don't like the belt design. They don't like the fact that that it's a consolation prize. To, it's it's the couldn't beat Roman championship, especially honestly. If Seth gets it or if Cody gets it, neither of them could win the title from Roman. Seth did beat Roman, but it was by disqualification. Cody, of course, lost to Roman. Right. Who the hell knows, right? Maybe they're going to put it on fucking Omos. I don't know. I hope they don't, but. Um, it is what it is. There's a lot of talent on Raw. It's just assuming Raw as it stands today, which it won't be, but that that could be well served to do this. And and it brought back some of the emotion of the people who wanted Cody to win. And I bet if we went through and looked right. at some of the negative responses, I would say at Cody least seventy five percent of them, not Cody stands. I think that's unfair, but I would say seventy five percent of them were pulling for Cody to win at WrestleMania and he didn't. And now they view, they, they assume that Cody is going to win this championship. And in my opinion, he should. And they are then associating that with the negative aspect of couldn't beat Roman. He should, but let me ask you this. If he didn't, would you be that bothered by it? Um, okay. Yeah, that and is given the great... right story. Huh? And may and, I, I'm sorry, no qualifier. Would you be like, if it was, if, if, like, say, because I saw some people being like, Finn Balor is going to be one, like, might be, might be one okay. that might be interested to see him. Um, He's going to SmackDown, though. So face more adversity with. What's that? I truly, I believe that the Bloodline and the Judgment Day are going to end up on the same brand. Because I think that's going to be a program oh, yeah? moving forward. But again, remember. I form a lot of my opinions with the assumption that Roman's not losing till at least September of 2024. Right. And right, right. the judgment day in the bloodline, like that to me is your war games match. Mm-hmm. You might have to do a little tweaking here and there, but that to me is your war games match in November. Like, and maybe it's because, and I've been not criticized, but people will joke that, that, you know, again, Hey everybody, Greg's a wrestling promoter. I literally know what I want to have happen this time next year at our wrestling events. So I do think in right. the future. So I look at some, so I look at a standoff between the judgment day and, and, and the bloodline. And some people can't even think beyond backlash, let alone SummerSlam, let alone survivor series. Right. And I'm watching it thinking survivor series and, and then WrestleMania. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just, it's just how my brain works. And it wasn't always that way. But but that's how it is now. Um, so I go with the assumption that Finn Balor is going to, to be on the same brand as Roman Reigns anyway. But ask me your question again so I can make sure that the listener has the table set. So if, so if, so if Cody, because you were like, Cody should win. And I asked, 
if Cody were to not win, would you be that bothered by that call, like that decision? And again, this goes back to the same side of me that we were talking about before. And I honestly think I would be because yeah. I did not think Cody should beat Roman Reigns because I don't think anyone should beat Roman Reigns for another year and a half. I think he needs to pass Hogan. When are you going to get a chance to do this again? You're already almost 1,000 days into 1,474 days. When you hit 1,000 days, you're like 68% of the way there. I calculated it out for a tweet or a DM. I don't even know. But it just, just, just makes sense. But Cody, however, to me, is a guy that can carry a championship in the ways that that championship would need to be carried. He would be on television every week. He would work all of the house shows. He wants to work all of the house shows. He would be the house. He's now currently ending house shows, talking with fans, cutting a promo, wearing a fan's cowboy hat, doing all the house show babyface champion things. He's like Hogan must pose yeah. of 2023. It should be like Cody must schmooze. And I think that would be great. And I also think that being that type of workhorse, not to be confused with the workhorse championship that is commonly referred to as the Intercontinental Championship, but being that type of company guy to carry that banner, a lot of people are automatically labeling this new championship a failure or stupid or whatever. I'm like, how do we make right. it work? And again, that's how my brain works. And I think Cody is a great person to establish it from that perspective. I think Seth Rollins would make a great world heavyweight champion as well. But I also think sure. Seth Rollins is wrestling Roman Reigns at SummerSlam because he's the only person who hasn't beaten who Roman Reigns couldn't beat. And there's some other factors that, that I'm going to table those reasons why, because I want to talk about it here today. But I do think if, if Cody weren't to win it, is that even proper English? I don't know. If Cody doesn't win it at night of champions, I feel like he would just win it at, say, SummerSlam or some other place from whoever did win it. Bobby Lashley, Bronson Reed, if you wanted to be a big heel that you're trying to establish. Austin Theory, who the hell knows, right? We'll know more after Backlash if, like, a Theory drops the United States Championship. Who knows? You might as well put it on Cody now and let Cody go with it. Now, there's a few aspects of the story that I want to address since you did bring that up the first time you asked it. You got to go back and listen to some of the promos that were cut the three to four weeks before WrestleMania. Because Cody did a few things that were very important. About three to four weeks before WrestleMania, Cody made it stop being about his dad. He went so far as to right. say, if one more person brings up my father, I I'm going to whatever. I don't think he actually said what he was going to do. But um, that was like clue number one. When it stopped being about his dad, it also stopped being about the specific WWE championship because at that point, it was just about being world champion and it became about dethroning Roman Reigns and being the guy. So I don't think it's really everyone's, well, Cody wants to win the WWE championship. Cody wants to win the WWE championship. You're remembering a promo from over a year ago when he returned to the company. <laughs> and even when he, he won the Royal Rumble, even when he won the Royal Rumble, it was about the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. To me, and again, in WWE, it's one and the same. It's a world title on one brand or it's a world title on the other. So I think people are reading way too much into old promos, not realizing that the focus has shifted. 
Could Cody still be the guy to dethrone Roman Reigns in late 2024? Sure. But now we don't have to wait a year and a half for Cody to win a world title. I have long said, bring back, you know, split the titles and let Cody win the other one. Because to me, or you let Rollins win it and Cody win it from him. But I really think Rollins and, and Reigns have a money feud because Rollins was great when he wrestled Roman Reigns at Royal Rumble 2022. He's even better now. And so so that yeah. to me is is money written all over it. And at Royal Rumble, it wasn't a main event. It was the opener, but the Royal Rumble was the primary focus. At SummerSlam, Rollins can get his proper main event that he deserves. Um, he deserves it at WrestleMania, but and maybe they do build that to WrestleMania and and stretch it out and do it more than once. Who knows? But so to me, Cody is a logical choice because I'm looking at it through the lens of establishing the championship. And sure, you could establish it with a heel and then Cody wins it from him. But if Cody's going to eventually win it anyway, let's just do it now and let Cody run with it. Let Cody be the good. He's to me, he's a perfect champion for a three hour, every single week edition of Monday night raw. Again, I'm assuming Roman stays on SmackDown and I'm assuming that, that this belt goes on raw. What's your answer to your question? Would you be upset if it wasn't Cody or do you think it shouldn't be Cody? I don't know that I don't think that it should be Cody. I just would. Maybe I just don't care enough to be disappointed if he loses. Uh, I Because part of me thinks that he would be a compelling chase. If that makes sense. Um, but does. I think he could play that well. And I, th- I think that that's and whether or not that's the story other people want to see. I think, I think it could just be a very good story because, you know, it's, he came in with all this, you know, sort of mindset and goals. And then and he has the disappointment with Roman and he, he can't quite get it done. And then he can't quite get it done, you know, wherever it is, you know, at, at night of champions at the show, I won't watch. Um, and then it becomes the narrative that that happens while he's chasing of the you're the guy who can't get it, and, and I, I or can't win the big one or hasn't won the big one, uh, and, and done right could be done. Now, the the problem with that is is kind of the what next, like what happens after he wins? Because if you if you make the chase more compelling than than when he's the champion, then it becomes then then it becomes a, a dud after he wins it. So there's that too. So you made a great point and you're also not that we're arguing against each other, but you're also making more argument for me in the sense that winning a vacant championship is not as good of a chase as winning right. dethroning Roman Reigns. So to me, that helps make it that the chase doesn't outdo the rain, right? To me, the chase may be a level below, but that allows the rain to be a level above. And if Cody and if it's a one night tournament, if they start from the Monday after backlash and build forward for the three to four weeks that it is between backlash and right. jam in the sand eight, then I, I can't remember what Tony called it in the, in the TM thread. And I said that was the official name. That's a, that's a, that's a PC Tony. Uh, yeah. It's jam in the sand. It's, it's a PC Tony Christopher Platt joke. But there was another, forever. there was a tagline after jam in the sand eight that rhymed. Oh yeah. They, yeah. They always, yeah. They always add something. To and it. I can't remember what it was and it's too far down the thread now to, to go back and find it for me. But I, 
if it's a one night tournament or if it's uh, spread it over several weeks and culminates at backlash or at, at jam in the sand eight, either way, I think Cody, Cody is an amazing storyteller. I didn't want yeah. Cody to lose because he wasn't a good storyteller. He's always been an amazing storyteller. The whole thing with all in when he won the NWA world's heavyweight championship was a very, very well told story. Part of the reason he didn't fit in AEW was because of how good of a storyteller he was. Cause, cause when you're a great storyteller and you're working with a bunch of crappy storytellers, it doesn't work. Now he's in the storytelling machine and he's the perfect tool for the storytelling machine. So, and I do think it's, it's weird because like I I've complained before, he showed up like he was champion from day one, wearing the suits, yeah, talking big, whatever. And, and, and it's like, he walked in like he was on top of the mountain instead of climbing the mountain. So now we toppled him. We, we, we knocked him down a little bit and now he's climbing the mountain again. Um, if I were a betting man, I would say that he wins. I was about to say that the result of backlash will tell us whether or not Cody is going to win. Cause if, cause I was going to say, if Cody loses to Brock, then the Brock feud will continue and Cody won't win. But Brock doesn't stick around uh, even for as long as he has right now, very often. So I could, I could actually see Cody losing to Brock at backlash, winning the championship and then defending it throughout the summer, whatever. And then when the build a SummerSlam shows up, you know, happens and Brock's been gone for a little bit, chilling in Saskatchewan, you know, farming and, and hanging out with Sable, he turns around and says, SummerSlam, I want Brock Lesnar. I hold this title, but I didn't beat Brock. I can't beat Roman because we're on separate brands and and Roman's going to be a later issue, maybe a WrestleMania 41 issue. That, to me, would work very well. But I want Brock. And we get Cody and Brock for the title that Cody holds at SummerSlam. And that's where Cody picks up that win. Most of this is really rooted in the fact that I think Cody Rhodes is a great storyteller and can tell the stories that need to be told to make this work. So the more and more we talk about it, the more and more I'll actually be disappointed if it isn't Cody. Because I feel like if Cody doesn't win it, it's like we put it on someone else just for Cody to win it again, just for Cody to win down the road. Like, there's a fine line between the right amount of it. It goes from zero adversity to the right amount of right amount of adversity to absurd adversity. And I think right now we're at the right amount of adversity. The fans want it. The fans are in. The situation is right. I do think the time is right for, for Cody to win it. Um, had they split the titles before WrestleMania, there was a rumor once that night one was going to be a tournament for one championship. I would have been pushing for Cody to win then. Like, it, it would have made sense for me right. to have them do that with Cody. Here's the other thing, too. These belts aren't made overnight. All right? I no. We are crowning tag team champions in IZW in September. I'm talking to a belt guy. There's a six-week turnaround right now to get a belt from this person. Okay? Six weeks ago was before WrestleMania. So it's not like they just came up with this idea either. Um, they, no, maybe they, no, had, maybe they mean, changed the, the purpose belt, of the design. I don't know, but who the knows? Belt, the belt's been rumored to exist for a while now. So yes, this this isn't like this isn't a surprise. It shouldn't but, be. Like if anybody if anybody was acting like this reveal was some sort of a surprise, then I'm surprised you're surprised. Like silly rabbits. 
Uh, unless it was, again, you, you thought that they were merging the belts and that this one belt was then just going to be Roman's belt, uh, which I guess you, you would have been plausible to, to buy into. But right no, this is this is definitely been in the works. It's part of the it's all part of the plan. And uh, I agree. I'm sure. Vince McMahon is going to change it while he's working from home, right, Greg? Of course he is, yes. Vince has already changed it twice. In fact, the only reason we're seeing it is because Vince changed it. Vince actually changed the design. The WWE logo on the belt wasn't big enough. Vince made them make it bigger. Uh, I, I don't know. You know how people are stupid. But thank, thank you for that. Yes, you're welcome. Do I even have the you're welcome soundbite? Or I guess the bigger question isn't do I have the you're welcome soundbite. The bigger question is does it still work? That is... is that is the bigger question. I got. I, I mean, it. it's not going to matter. I won't hear it anyway. I know. I gotta fix that. I gotta. I gotta, I gotta find a way. You're welcome. I don't know if you heard it, but it did. I heard work. it. See there. I heard it. I heard. Damn. I heard that you're welcome. Beautiful. See a per cut when I give the soundbite. It's it's a pleasant surprise. Damn. See. All right. Yeah. Hey two yo. for two. Hey yo. Johnny idiot face. Our Johnny idiot face. That's a laugh. Yep. Tell me how my ass tastes. Okay. So, anyway. Not, not repeating that one. Of course not. Um, so, maybe we need to table the list. Because we're sitting at 48 minutes right now. I mean, um, I was excited about the list. I, I wrote up my I wrote up six. We can do the list. Because the only other thing I was going to talk about you, was the thought that they could bring back brand-specific premium live events. So, eh. okay. I mean, that one, that doesn't really, that doesn't really turn the nipples. Same. It's a weird way to describe it, but I'll go with it. I like it. I think it's a good idea. Assuming again, and, and I've, I've gotten this habit of making sure people understand what my assumptions are to go along with my opinions, because it's context, it's frame of reference. It's all of that. I'm assuming that triple H is going to focus on keeping these brands well-defined and split. And if he does yeah, that, I do you, think you, it's key. Having a, a PLE for Raw and a PLE for SmackDown in between the bigger ones that they're doing. Because if you look at this year, I mean, literally every single premium live event has been a big scale thing. Like, yeah, Elimination Chamber was not a, a big four, but it was in Montreal, had huge stakes behind it. Of course, then he went to WrestleMania. Now we've got Backlash, which we put in Puerto Rico and Bad Bunny's wrestling. And then we're going to go to Saudi Arabia. We're going to crown a new world champion like. All of these, then Money in the Bank, we go right to Money in the Bank, which is in England, so that's a huge deal. Like, literally everything is being built up to be this huge deal. You have this network, now Peacock, at your disposal. Why not do these things and, and have these things be the, the brand-specific ones? And I do think having brand-specific pay-per-views would further drive home the point that these brands are separate, so... That's where, where I think that is. Okay, let's go to commercial. Come back and do the list. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Dean fucking Ambrose. Acknowledge me. 
Shut your dumb mouth. You just made the list. It is time for the list. Patrick O'Dowd came up with this list idea over a week ago. So, Patrick O'Dowd, what are we listing this week? This week, Greg, you and I will be listing wrestling accessories. A very cool list. I like it. I hope we're on the same wavelength because you can take accessories in a lot of different directions. I think we are. I think we are. Um, I go first, so you're going to know momentarily if we're on the same wavelength. Right. I think my, my the first item I'm going to add to the list is quite obvious, and I think that I it think will, it will be too. I think that it will confirm that that this is the list. So, um, wrestling accessories. You know the rules. We will alternate, taking turns. I will go first. Patrick will go second. We will develop our our list of six things. Then we will reverse the picking order. Patrick will go first. I will go second as we put the list in order. And that's how we will develop six things that we can say, hey, wrestling accessories. You just made the list. So Patrick O'Dowd, the first item that I am going to add to the list to confirm that you and I are on the same wavelength with wrestling accessories is Jerry the King Lawler's crown. That is not what I thought you were going to pick. Okay. But good choice. It was definitely it was definitely on my list, but it was not what I thought you would pick first. Okay. And so I'm going to pick it. Okay. Uh, and that is uh, Jim Cornette's tennis racket. That's a good one. I I was I had money in my head that, that I didn't gamble. Mister Midnight Express fan that you are. I, that makes sense. I understand why you would feel that way. But the Jim, very first thing that sure. came to mind was Jerry the King Lawler's crown when we when we did this. I did have Jim Cornette's tennis racket on the list of items for me to pick from, but to me, Jerry Lawler's crown came up first. So what I'm going to go with next is one that wasn't a, a an item for very long, but holds a very important place in wrestling history and is somewhat related to, to being a king as well. The third thing that I am going to put on the list is the Macho King Randy Savage's scepter. Scepter. Of course, that was used to cost the Ultimate Warrior the WWF Championship at the Royal Rumble, which led to Warrior Wrestling Savage and Hogan Wrestling Sergeant Slaughter at WrestleMania 7. So I am going with Randy Savage's scepter when he was the Macho King. All right. Well, I already know what my last pick is going to be because I'm going to save my my personal okay. favorite for last. So now I'm looking at five. No, four. Okay. Four here. I Unless you I'm pick mine, I already know what my next one is. Unless you pick it, which is very possible. So so this this guy at the start of his career didn't have an accessory. And then the NWO took over okay. WCW and drove a man to the rafters. Okay. And he started coming down to the ring in his trench coat from a zip line holding one item that he would point everywhere, and that is Sting's baseball bat. Now, it would eventually, of course, be used as a weapon. Of course. But I much more fondly remember those times when people were trying to figure out what he was what he was saying when he would just point it. Point it, yeah. Point it, shove it in Lex Luger's chest. All of that. 
building the anticipation for when he would actually hit somebody with it. No, it's a great exactly. choice. On the list was not going to be the one that I'm going with. So my addition to the list is maybe the only living, breathing item that we put on the list. I don't know. I don't know what you have next. I don't know if you intended for living, breathing items to be part of this list of accessories. But I, I am going to put on the story, list. Uh huh. I thought about doing wrestling animals. And okay, we can still do that something. But then yeah. was like, I can only think of four. There could still be list <laughs> crossovers. I, I, I just, I could think of four. Yeah. I mean, I think I had three of the four on my list. Um, but the one I Probably. am going with, even though I could go with some others and I'll list them when we do honorable mentions, I am going with Frankie Coco Beware's oh. bird. Okay. He was one of the animals that I thought of when I thought of wrestling. Which leaves you with the final item for the list. You know what? You know me well enough. You should know what my personal choice is going to be. Can you guess it? Oh, it's tough because. No, it's not tough at all. It's not I, tough? I don't and think I'm gonna so. I'm going to kick myself when, when you say it. All right. It's arrogance. Oh, it's, it's Rick Martel with the aerosol bottle of arrogance carrying down the ring. Oh, surprised. Makes perfect sense. Sorry. Makes perfect sense. So before we run down the six items that we're going to put in order, what were some of I'll give you. So I did have two other living, breathing things to put on the list. Assuming that snakes breathe. Because I did have Jake the Snake Damien. Roberts, Snake Damien. I did have the British Bulldogs, Bulldog Matilda, Matilda. on the list as yep. well. I also had Jimmy Hart's Megaphone, which I'm surprised didn't make it on on the list. I also ha I had some that were like, I don't know if they really would have counted. Um, I, I was going to be funny at one point and say Miss Elizabeth was going to be the Macho <laughs> Man Randy Savage's That's accessory because she was for so long, but then really wasn't. In the long run. Um, but I'm trying to think if there were any others that, that I was going to put on the list. I, oh, I did also think the four horsemen were Ric Flair's accessory. I thought about that as well. But those are more just to be funny and comedic and we're never really going to make the list. So what else did you have on your list of accessories? Um, so I had, uh, in addition to the uh, the weapon that is Sting's bat, I had Sandman's kendo stick because... Really, before he was, he was Kendo. Before Kendo sticks were cool, right? Sandman kind of made him cool, as as but as much as I never cared for the wrestler. Like as as Greg pulls his Kendo stick from, he just got one in his his recording studio. I forgot that I had one sitting right here next to me because we needed two for a but, match back in August, and one was purchased by a collector. And the other one is sitting right here. So, yeah, very nice. One was signed um, by the two actually, people that use them. They they broke. They took the one that was more broken. Is the one that they purchased. So, paid that, for that makes the, sense. Paid, that, basically, does, basically paid enough to cover the cost of the two kind of sticks. So there you go. Nice. Um, hacksaw Jim Duggins two oh, by four. Oh God, yes, yeah. 
And this is the one that I wrestled with when I went between Sting's Bat uh, or this. And okay. that is uh, the Honky Tonk Man's Guitar. Oh, that's a good because, one. Same for Jeff Jarrett, because, which I did not have on my list. Well, and, and I went back and forth between him and Jeff Jarrett, but Honky had it first. Uh, he did, but memories. I feel like Jarrett made it more of a thing. But because everything think, in that era, I mean, everything was overdone. So that's probably why. Because I mean, but Honky with the guitar doing the thing. Uh-huh. Like, he, True. And he hit people with the guitar as well. So those those were the he other did, yes. honorable mentions that I had listed. The only other one that I want to list that I forgot about when we were talking about, um, I was going to jokingly say the Godfather's hose, but then I did go with the Godfather's cane was was on oh, yeah. my list as well. MVP's cane could, could be a good one as well. He's used that one good, um, good, for, good for a modern day, a modern day one. But definitely good, good items all about the list. So I like that. So we have Jerry Lawler's crown. Jim Cornette's tennis racket, Randy the Macho King, Randy Savage's scepter, Sting's baseball bat, Coco Beware's bird, Frankie, and Rick Martell's fragrance arrogance. We are now going to put those in order and tell them you just made the list. This is your list, Patrick O'Dowd. So now we reverse the order. You get to go first. What is going to be number one on your list of wrestling accessories? Uh. My number one is going to be what I thought was the first item you would list off, and that was uh, Jim Cornette's tennis racket. I don't identify any other human in wrestling more than Jim Cornette and his tennis And I'm sure your number two is probably a close second, but I was never as close with that wrestler as I am with Jim sense. Cornette and the tennis racket. So my, my number two will surprise you. My number two is my number two because of the, the the great detail that you went in describing it and the emotion that this accessory elicited. I am going with Sting's baseball bat as number two on the list. Wow. All right. Uh, then it falls to me to acknowledge the King Jerry Lawler and his crown, which you can get a photo with. Or used to be able to get a photo with when he was would hit the circuits. Almost as important as getting a picture with the king himself. By the way, I hope he's doing better. Um, I know what the Hall of Fame when they, they showed the video of him for Andy Kaufman not looking so good or not sounding so yeah, good. I he, say. Right. So, so yeah, Jerry Lawless crown. So at number four, I am going to go back to my list, the items that I added, and we'll go with the Macho King Randy Savage's scepter. And there is no way in hell that I'm letting Frankie go in front of arrogance. Arrogance will be in front of Frankie. So then at number six, I will put Frankie Coco Beware's bird. Usually my funny one ends up being number six. I don't know if that was a funny one or not, but. You just made the list. Sorry, I just thought of this. And now I got to get your opinion. Is this more. do, is, is it entrance gear or is it an accessory? The Legion of Doom shoulder pads. Oh, that's an accessory WWE. to me. That's absolutely an accessory. That's an, that's an honorable mention. Because all of these Man, accessories please. are part of the character. And the Legion right. of Doom, and, and all of these accessories 
are some degree of iconic in the world of pro wrestling and world pro wrestling lore. Most of them, I mean, all of them are kind of from the same like six year period. At least they overlap the same six year period. Ish. Yeah. Um, they maybe not have started or ended during that six year period, but they definitely overlapped. Um, and I do think the road warrior shoulder pads, not on my list um, of items to choose from here tonight, but I do believe those are, those are great items for, for the list. So we have number one, Jim Cornette's tennis racket. Number two, Crow Sting's baseball bat. Number three, Jerry the King Lawler's crown. Number four, the Macho King Randy Savage's scepter. Number five, the model Rick Martell's arrogance. And number six, the Birdman Coco Beware's bird. Frankie, congratulations to all of the items involved. You just made the list. That was a good one. It, it wasn't a lengthy one either, but it was a lot of fun. No, 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 no. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the clear. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out of Is there anything else? I don't even know if there's anything else to talk about right now. We literally talked about bowling. We talked about not talking about Phil Brooks and CM Punk. I think we might have done more of that off-air than on-air. We talked about the New World Championship and everything that goes along with it. Got into Cody and some great conversation about booking that, that title. And then, of course, we had a great fun list. We spent about 38 seconds on brand-specific premium live events. I just don't know if there's anything else to even if, discuss. If I, could be, if I could be serious here for a moment... Yes, Lance, um, Lance, you can be serious here. Well, I would be serious here for a moment. I've okay. seen some advertisements for this on YouTube and uh, on okay. on the Twitter and on YouTube, and I think it is worth checking out. There is a a little mini doc floating around uh, about TNA or sorry Impact uh, wrestler Rosemary uh, mm -hmm. and her comeback from injury and her uh, struggles with mental health. Uh, and just sort of what she did to sort of seek help and, and talking about the importance of, you know, being able to work through uh, mental health with, you know, mental health challenges with somebody, uh, you know, whether it's getting therapy help or whatever. And it's just a really interesting story that I think is worth checking out. Uh, and my, you know, I think would be worth people's time. I know we've talked about, similar things on this program at different times of, you know, when people are dealing with things like depression or other sort of mental health struggles Absolutely. and issues. And I think one of the other things that is very helpful for people when they're, you know, experiencing crisis is to hear the voices of other people who are telling you you're not alone and sharing that as well. And I think her story is one that is worth listening to and impact uh, is really um Putting that uh, putting that documentary out there, uh, whether in these I don't know if it's vignettes or if it's like a full on sort of kind of sort of piece by piece doc that they're doing um, and showing, but it's it's been it's been out there, it's been promoted, and might be worth your time. That so, was gonna be my question: is, is where that's, is this located? Is this streaming? I I've, their, I've seen it on Twitter. Plus, I think it's part of. Hold on, let me. Or is it on their YouTube? No, it's on YouTube. Okay. Um, let me, because it's like I've seen it go through here. So, because it does sound very interesting. 
Yeah. Of course, now I'm not going to find it. As I'm saying, um, it's available now on YouTube. It's um, it's uh -huh. called Diary, and, and um, it you know the the impact uh, promoted tweet. I saw it was uh, promoted eleven years. Is you know Rosemary opens up about her struggles with injury and mental health in the latest must-watch episode of Diary available on YouTube. Okay, so that the latest that's edition of Diary. So it sounds like Diary might be a thing they do. Yeah. All right, I dig it. I'll definitely check it out. So there you go. Check out the latest edition of Impact Wrestling's Diary, the Rosemary story. I don't even know what we're calling it, but I'm excited and and I actually do want to check that out. I think it'll be really good. So. Here we go. Next week, we're going to know. By this time next week, we're already going to know who's been drafted where. It seems like the draft, I know Miranda and I did a much more in-depth coverage of it, but it, I don't know if I realized it was this week. Like, I don't know. Time is a flat circle sometimes, and I just don't know what uh, what's going on with it these days. But, yeah, we got a draft already coming up. I feel like this time next week, we're going to know so much more. But the way Triple H tells stories, that means we'll also have a lot more questions, which is a good thing, not a criticism. So I'm excited about it. So, yeah. Until next time, I mean, this is this is going to do it for this week's the final edition of, of the Greg DeMarco Show in the month of April for the year 2023. So, um, yeah, we appreciate you listening, and we'll do it again next time. It's gone. It's gone. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.